Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your hey, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. Good to see you this morning. Oh, good to see you too. I see you're uh, growing the beard out there. I I am. I am. I'm going to, I don't know, Santa Claus is coming soon, I think. I'm going to try to get to that. Hey, start now. <laughs> You'll be ready. You'll be ready. <laughs> Psalm 32. Today, I, I want to talk about what's really going on behind the scenes, this meditation on the name of the Lord, because I think we find it here in this in this psalm. I'm excited about it. All right. Well, I have Psalm 32, New King James Version here. And I'm going to read Psalm 32, a psalm of David, a contemplation. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Shout for joy. Shout for joy. But but not over the microphone, because that'll cause all kinds of distortion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to be kind to the mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the name of the Lord. Let me, let me see if I can get you there with me, and you let me know if you think I'm onto something. Any commentary you open up, I mean, just about anyone is going to highlight the fact that there's this this odd triumvirate triplet discussion of sin and forgiveness, Mm -hmm. where in the first couple of verses, David uses three different terms to describe lawless activity. Okay. And so I see that in the New King James. I see transgression. I see sin. And I see iniquity. The ESV uses those same three terms. Okay. Okay. So transgression, iniquity, and sin. We find all three of those here. And the commentators, it's it's funny to me because what will happen, almost every single one of them I read in preparation for our conversations would start by saying, now, here's what transgression means. Here's what sin means. Here's what iniquity means. And then they would follow it up. But that actually doesn't matter. Well, no, why would it matter? Is it because it's poetry and he's just making a point that this is sin or is that the deal? It's a lot like, so, so look, I know you've done a lot of study about music and worship Mm -hmm. and the new Testament and its authority for singing, but no authority for 
instruments and that sort of thing. And we, we've got those famous passages that tell us to sing. What, was, what does it tell us to sing? Yeah. Psalms, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual, spiritual songs. songs. And I imagine as you're writing about that, you highlight, well, you know, a psalm is this, a hymn is that, a spiritual song is this. But in this context, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> He's not trying right. to give us, here's three distinct, separate, different things, and you now need to define each of them because what matters is what's the specific de- definition of each right. word. It's rather this kind of this rule of three. I use these three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically synonymous terms, and what I'm really highlighting in that is that every form of this Sin, lawlessness in its completeness, lawlessness in every form is what we're dealing mm-hmm. with here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so it, it just, I always find it interesting. Every commentator will, will say, okay, here's what these three things mean, but it doesn't matter that they mean that because his point is it's sin and completeness. It's, it's lawlessness and fullness. It's every form of it. He's confessing it and, and it's being forgiven. And so that's a really powerful point that every, now, every form of lawlessness, God forgives. You said not only is there a triumvirate of sin, but also then the remedy, forgiveness. Yeah. So, so that's it. Yeah. In verse one, you have that the transgression is forgiven. Forgiven. That's one. You have that the sin is covered. Covered. That's two. And you have the the one where the iniquity is not counted. It's not, not reckoned to the not person. Reckoned to you. Yeah. Okay. It's not imputed or attributed to you. So those there's those three things. And and again, it's not that we have to figure out, okay, so let me figure out exactly what transgression is, and then transgression gets forgiven mm-hmm. or released or loosed. And now let me figure out exactly what sin is, and that gets covered. Now let me f- figure out exactly what iniquity is, and that is not counted to me. I don't I don't have to walk through that process of what is each definition and what is each consequence. I see you well, want to say something. Yeah, can I tell you how helpful that is to me? And uh, because, because when I when I look at it at that way on the um, synonyms for forgiveness, uh, my mind doesn't go to I need to delineate what each of those is about. Maybe it's that little little Pharisee in me or something that I, I really want to figure out these different kinds of sin. <laughs> but uh, but but when you when you say, but look look at the other side, look at this complementary terms of the picture of forgiveness. Then it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. So so the idea here is lawlessness in its completeness and its all its form and all its forms are forgiven in completeness and in all the forms of forgiveness. I mean, whatever whatever way you can look at it, this is what happens to whatever way you can look at our lawlessness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. What I find is though that that's usually where the discussion stops. And I think when when the discussion stops there, we're actually missing a really, really important part of what's going on in this psalm. And because of those because of these same words, yeah, because these yeah. same pictures of sin. Yes. So this is not the only place where we have this triplet discussion of sin. In fact, there is a fundamental passage that should be brought to our minds when we see this, a fundamental Mm -hmm. passage that uses these exact three same terms. And it's the passage where Yahweh passes before Moses and reveals his 
name. In Exodus chapter 34, we brought this up before. Moses asks God, let me see your glory. God right. says, well, I'll tell you what, I will hide you here in the cleft of the rock and I'll place my hand over you and you'll, you'll be able to see my hinder parts. You'll be able to see my backside. The idea is you'll be able to see a diminished representation of my glory. Because if I showed you my glory full on, uh, you die, you couldn't handle it. Mm. And so as the Lord passes by in Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, he proclaims what the name Yahweh truly means. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands. Here it is. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. When Yahweh explained the meaning of his name, he pointed out that what he does is forgive iniquity, transgression, and sin. David, having sinned and now been forgiven, when he wants to meditate on that experience, he anchors it in the name of God. Because what he says is, blessed is the person for whom Yahweh has done what his name means, forgiven his iniquity, his transgression, and his sin. And, and I just think that's powerful. It is absolutely and utterly powerful. What we have here is a psalm about the name of God and applying the name of God to actually the way I live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it really is, and it teaches us about this sin and iniquity and transgression, and that is, whatever form that takes in my dealings with my fellow man, I have to remember the dimension that this that this affects God, that this touches on God, mm -hmm. uh, who is absolutely holy and pure and just and righteous, uh, and that sin is against him, against my creator and my Lord, against my God. And so I need to seek forgiveness from him, and truly only he is the one who can provide forgiveness. Because the sin is actually against him. It's actually against him. And ultimately, all sin is against God. The other thing, um, or even as you're talking about this, I guess it occurs to me, one of the things I notice in the psalm is when you get to verse 8 and verse 9, um, it appears to me that the voice changes, and that what I'm seeing in verses 1 through 7 uh, is the psalmist, is David addressing God? But I wonder if verses 8 and 9, if it isn't God speaking to the psalmist or God speaking. And here, uh, assuring him that upon the forgiveness, there's going to be instruction, teaching the way he should go, and encouragement that he's on the right path to repent, to confess, to seek forgiveness. Don't be like these stubborn animals mules and horses and such that uh, that need further chastisement before they will come to the will and the way of their master. You repent and you come to God. So David is clearly highlighting that his life should be an example for all others. If God would do this for me, he will do this for all. There's an interesting progression. So we've got David um, meditating on the events, verses 1 through 5, I sinned. Okay, well, actually, what I should say is verse 1 and 2, he's bringing to us actually the conclusion. Here's where it's all going to end. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed because I've been forgiven. I am then in forgiven. verses 3 through 5, he gives the events. 
I was, I had sinned and I was silent about it. And then verse five, I confessed it and you forgave me. And then in verses six and seven, there's a little bit of a shift because now what he's doing is rather than talking about himself, he's making application to everyone. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray. Look, if this is the way you would work with me, and I know we'll talk more about this later in the week in other conversations, but if this is the way you'd work with me, this is the way you work with everyone. Mm -hmm. And so everyone Mm -hmm. should confess, okay, because you are the hiding place. If they will confess and come to you, you will deliver them from the judgment. And then we do have that shift in verse eight and nine, and it's one of two possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I will admit, I tend to believe what you said that. But but the other possibility is that this is the psalmist now turning to his audience and instructing them. So there's the possibility that it's David now turning to his audience and saying, so so look, this is the way it was for me. I've mm-hmm. prayed to God that he'll let it be this way for everyone. I know he will. So now you listen to what's happened here. Don't be a stubborn mule. Don't be without understanding. Yeah. Now, the, the thing that always I, I recognize that's a possibility. The thing that pulls me back from it is, boy, I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That sure right. sounds like God language. Yeah, it does. It that, does. That, that doesn't that's, sound like. And that's like, the way I took it. Yeah. The guiding of my eye. Um, it sounds like a different position than than David, who's actually recounting really his his failure and then his forgiveness. Yeah. So uh, so the other option is the one you brought up that this is actually David giving voice to God as God now turns and says, "You see this thing I did with my king, my anointed. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to instruct all of you, and don't be stubborn. Don't be mm-hmm. stubborn. Don't mm-hmm. don't hold on to it." And then it finally brings us to verses 10 and 11, which gets us back to the contrast of the wicked and the blessed, just like we yeah. had in Psalm, Psalm 1. one. Yeah. And it ties it to steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. And that steadfast love, that's the chesed, that's the steadfast love that was in Exodus 34, mm-hmm. verses 6 and 7. The mm-hmm. Lord abounds in steadfast love. And so the one who trusts in the Lord gets to experience the name of the Lord, which comes through in forgiveness and loyal covenant, steadfast love and faithfulness. It's just a powerful meditation. It is, and it draws us closer to God. We know him better for reading about it today. What are you learning as you're reading the Psalms? Let us know. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Uh, share this podcast with, with somebody. Give it a rating. It helps us out. We'd love for more people to join in these studies. Let's have a word of prayer. Edwin, would you lead us? Holy God. Thank you so much for being exactly who you are, for being the God of mercy and grace who is slow to anger but abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, who keeps that steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. I understand, of course, Lord, you will by no means clear the guilty. But because you are a forgiving God, I pray that every one of your children will confess, will open up, will be honest and uncover their sins so that you may grab those sins and throw them away from us as far as the east is from the west. May we trust in you, and because we trust in you, experience your steadfast love that you have promised to those who fear you and keep your covenant. Lord God, we we praise your name, and we pray that our lives today will be about you and bringing glory to you, the God who forgives. It's through your son Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. 
Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.